Folks, you can support the hardest working sports talk show in South Florida through Cash App or Venmo. Just search Cash Big O Show. Support us through Cash App or Venmo. Cash Big O Show. We thank you for your incredible support. Welton Realm, by the way, uh, you talk about two guys that know how to get it done. 954-966-4646. They've got a, an office in Hollywood. They've got an office in the Keys. Oh, they're going to get a new office now. I'm going to talk to them this week. And uh, looking forward to it. I'll be telling you about their new office, man. Bankruptcy, homeowner, property damage, condo damage, criminal defense, business owner claims, commercial litigation, personal injury. Please call Jeff Welt and Daniel Realm. The consultation is completely free. Maybe you think you have a case. You're not sure. Something happened to you yesterday, a week ago, a month ago, six months ago, a year ago. Statute of limitations may not may not have expired, and it doesn't cost you a damn thing to pick up the phone, ask for Jeff Welt, and say, hey, Jeff, I heard Big O talk about you guys. Hey, this happened to me the other day. Explain it, and he'll tell you, you got a case. You don't have a case. I'm sorry. And that's it. The consultation's completely free. 954-966-4646 for Welt and Rail. All right. Oh, let's see. What else do we have? Uh, big O, hopefully Ravens fans after after Lamar's uh, year after year, he fails. Tua fails. First time in playoffs, and it's over. People are crazy, bro. Brother, if, if Tua would have failed as much as Lamar has for all these years, he won't survive. He just would not survive. They would have killed Tua. I mean, just assassinated. There's no way. There's no way. The, the, the front office, owners, everybody, they, they would have given in to the amount of heat that goes on. You know? It's, it's a weird thing. It's really, really weird. And again, if you listen to me, if you're paying attention, the problem is not Tua at all. Whatsoever. Tua doesn't have uh, the only thing that I would I'm personally pissed off with Tua this year. Last year it was he held on to the ball and got himself injured. And I was tremendously pissed at that because he wouldn't get rid of the football or take care of his body. So I was livid with that shit. Uh this year, the turnovers. He forced too much shit that I'm not happy with. And that's on him. But everything else is all on McDaniel. McDaniel just doesn't know how to really run an offense, doesn't really know how to handle the QB. He, you know, he, he's a great play designer, but he's really not a great game manager. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Mike McDaniel is an absolutely horrible game day coach and a terrible game day manager. Okay, let's let me let me rephrase that shit. He's one of the worst I've seen. He's just lucky as hell that he's got a lot of talent and it carries him. So he can design a couple of plays. They can figure it out. But his managing of the team is the main reason why they're not as good as they can possibly be. He has not maximized what he has. Put it that way. And that's on him. Okay? So I'm pretty consistent about that. And... He's the real problem on the Miami Dolphins. Too many of you are, you know, too uh, simplistic, and you just think about the overall numbers and the wins and all that. Bro, this team is talented. They should win a bunch of games. Anybody coaching him should be able to win. You know, a, a, he's not a difference maker. He hasn't been a difference maker at all. At all. Whatsoever. He just designs a couple of plays, and he's got great talent that can overcome his ineptitude. Just like Tua and company overcame the ineptitude of the first two years in those coaches. It's the same shit. It's just that this team is way more talented than the one that was the first two years. So you're supposed to win. I mean, you got to nine wins with Flo. What, you're not going to get to 11 with all the other talent you added? Of course you are. It's not Mike McDaniel. It's not kidding ourselves. It's what I told you. When Flo got fired, a bunch of you were, 
How are you going to fire him? They won six in a row. They fired him because of the beginning of the season. They were one in six where they lost to all the good teams. So he's just, you know, buttering up the record on the back end with all the bad teams. That's why you got fired because you weren't a difference maker. And that's where Mike McDaniel has got to get to a point. Too many of you are looking at Tua and his success. His success would happen with anybody that knows a little bit of offense. The problem is Mike McDaniel. That's the major problem for this team right now. He's got to learn how to coach and stop doing stupid things on a consistent basis. That's what has to happen with Mike McDaniel. Stop doing stupid things on a consistent basis. And then maybe your team can actually advance. Then maybe you'll be you'll be ready for a down and you'll know what down it is in Buffalo. You know, maybe against Kansas City, maybe you won't have all those pre-snap penalties and ruin all your third downs from third and seven and third and eight to third and 12 and third and 13. Maybe you can do that. Maybe you can learn how to stay with the run. Maybe you can learn how to manage your quarterback the right way. We'll see, Mike. We'll see. You got a lot to learn this offseason. For him to go back to school and come back with a graduate's degree before the season starts, near impossible. That's the other thing, the sad part about it. While I'm hoping for it, um, I don't expect it from Mike McDaniel. I don't expect him to learn. I don't expect him to improve. I expect him to continue to do the same stupid shit. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm dead wrong. But unfortunately, that's all he's ever shown me, that he doesn't learn. Kind of like Dan Campbell. Like, you just had this field goal situation a couple of weeks ago, and here you are again, Tin Cup, doing it again. It's, it's, the, it's the Tin Cup generation in the NFL. Brandon Staley, Dan Campbell, Mike McDaniel, the tin cup generation of the NFL. Ain't that a bitch? If you haven't seen tin cup, you need to go watch it. Hey. Anyway, uh, Mahomes has the second most rushing attempts on the team, and he's not a runner. Second most in yards, the team, and he's not a runner. So you see Purdy yesterday? He's not a runner. I had a guy say, well, you see Purdy ran. What about Tua? All right, here we go. Ready? Six for 14, one for four, one for two, zero for zero, two for seven, two for nine, three for one, four for 14, zero for zero, six for 57, five for 19, three for seven, zero for zero, two for zero, four for one, Three for five, three for 20. Yesterday, five for 48. And I got Dolphin fans. Well, you see, Purdy can run into a can Purdy can't run, but yesterday there were a couple lanes. You know, the sun shines on every dog's ass every once in a while. So in the season, there were two games. The third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, ninth week of the season. I don't know who they played. Six for 57. Last week against the Packers, Purdy ran six times for 14 yards. What he normally does, nothing running the ball. And yesterday was five for 48. But no, let's make it like he's this amazing runner because he does it every week. Prisoners of the moment. You know, I get it. Most of you, you know, you're, you're not doing actually homework and actually looking and all that, you know. But, hey, bro, you know, there'll be two games where Lamar Jackson will be accurate. You could come back at me with those games. Same thing with Purdy. There were two games where he ran a lot of yards. 
Go for it. Knock yourselves out. Yeah, yeah, he's he's quite the runner nowadays, Brock Purdy. Quite the runner. Oh, I love that. That is so fantastic and funny. Uh, don't forget, uh, Cash App or Venmo, Cash Big O Show, that is Cash Big O Show, Cash App or Venmo. All right, what else do we have going on? Let me see. Oh, Belichick is out there. Our window on this team is closing. McDee's not going to learn the lesson quick enough. I'm tired of the Finns passing up the obvious. What's the obvious? Belichick? Yeah, no, thanks. Appreciate that. That's uh, that's good. Not going to happen, but, you know, you can have fun with whatever hypothetical you want. Uh, Lamar played better than Tua against the same team with less offensive talent. Uh, let's start being honest about Tua Big O. Who's got the lesser offensive talent? I'm sorry, where, where was that at? Who, who, who do you think has the lesser offensive talent, Miami or Baltimore? <laughs> if you think Miami is the one that's more talented, why? Because of Tyreek? Come on, man. They have tight ends. They have an offensive line. They actually have a dominant running game. That alone makes them better already. And they have good good wide receivers. May not be Tyreek, but their receivers aren't bad. They've got three serviceable receivers. Very good. Jay, Zay Flowers is good. Odell can, can be good. And, and Nelson Aguilar is not a bad receiver. Those three are serviceable receivers. They actually have the – and they have two tight ends. They have Mark Andrews and Likely, both better than anything Miami has. And their offensive line is superior to Miami's offensive line. They actually have more offensive talent than Miami. You're not a very good football fan, dude. You're not a smart football fan. Um, Trenard, 24. You're a dumb football fan. Let me make sure I, I I get your name and point it out exactly that you lack total intelligence. Uh, oh, this is the Panthers' year to win the Cup. They are ready. I agree. You know, it's the funny part, Michael Cruz. So I put out over the weekend. Uh, be oh, that's what it was. It was um, Lewis Riddick. And he goes, man, you know, it's great to be down there with the with the Heat and the Dolphins, you know, and great South Florida. And you guys, you know, pointing out the teams. And I'm like, well, don't leave out the Panthers and enter Miami. They're actually the best teams in town. And then I get the anti-soccer people. Listen, I get it. You're anti-soccer, but don't be stupid, too. I get it. If you're anti-soccer or you don't know anything about soccer, that's fine. But Inter-Miami is closer to winning a championship than the Miami Dolphins, the Marlins, and, uh, and the Heat combined. Just so you'll know. I mean, you know, then I get on Twitter, oh, Inter-Miami. Some, some idiot was like, oh, Messi's old. And I'm like, I didn't even bother with that moron because like, he just won the golden ball as the best player in the world, he just led Argentina to the championship. So, and he came here and walloped. And we're talking about the MLS. You think he's not going to dominate the MLS? So he's too old. And, and so it's the MLS. Inter Miami's loaded. They should win the fight. They should win it all. In fact, if they don't win it all, it will be a disappointment for Inter Miami. And then the idiot goes, oh, come on. They'll never win with Tata Martino. And I'm like, he won the championship with Atlanta already. So, I listen, you hate soccer? That's fine. Understandable. If you hate soccer, God bless you, dude. No problem. Hate it all you want. But don't sound stupid. 
okay? Inter-Miami and the Florida Panthers are the only teams in town that have a shot at a title. The only teams in town. Oh, and by the way, they are the best teams in town. The Miami Heat now, they are the best franchise. But team right now, the Heat is in third place. Okay? And the Panthers are the best team in town. That's not even up for any discussion right now. They are the best team in town. They're playing something Inter's not doing. And their record is, my Lord, what's their record after the win on Saturday? 31, 14, and 4 after beating the Islanders 3 to 2. Panthers have got every opportunity. So, but I get it. You're not a soccer fan. I'm just trying to save you embarrassment. Don't look stupid. When somebody says Inter is 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 the best team in town right behind the Panthers, just keep your mouth quiet. Okay? Take it from somebody that actually knows since you know nothing about soccer. Okay? Don't embarrass yourself anymore. Like some of the idiots on Twitter. There's some stupid people out there in this world. Unfortunately, I've got to deal with them. All right, what do we got going on? Oh, baby, Bitcoin just exploded. Just exploded about $800, moving up to 43000 That's what I like to see. That's what I like to see, baby. That's what I like to see. Oh, dude, I did put it away. It's actually... Shido had a little dip here. I'm thinking of getting a little more Shido right now. Anyway. Oh, we usually agree, but not on Tua. Dissing Lamar and Purdy doesn't make two. No, I did not diss Purdy. Where did I diss Purdy? Did not diss him at all. Did not diss Purdy one bit whatsoever. You did not hear me diss Purdy. I dissed the idiots that were coming after me yesterday, acting like Purdy is mobile. When, you know, I went through the whole thing. He's got two games where he got lucky and he broke out and he got he had some space. That can happen with any quarterback. That's why it only happened twice a year. Once in the regular season and yesterday. Did not pick on Purdy at all. They actually know how to handle Purdy. They run the ball. He facilitates. The way they, they run Purdy is the way I would like them to handle um, Tua. But our guy doesn't do that stuff. So, uh, what else? Uh, Tua still hasn't given me any reason to believe in him. More uh, MOR QB since Alabama. Uh, Too many mental errors. That's fine. That's fine. You don't have to believe in him. That's cool. I disagree completely, but that's cool. You know, you tell me how a quarterback's supposed to really get in rhythm when he's got no running game that, you know, you can depend on, you won't stay with it. You tell me how a quarterback can get in a rhythm when your coach is constantly sending in plays late, you can't get to set see the set defense, adjust to it, make any calls out of it, change the protections, can't do it. So, you know, here's the other thing. That I that I wanted to talk about today on the show. So, the two teams that are in the Super Bowl are committed to the run, even in the game's most important moments. Correct? Right? Miami is it? I would say the two teams that are. In the Super Bowl, their head coaches manage the game a lot better. Would you agree with that? Shanahan 
and especially Reed, because he's been there and done it so many times. Here's the other thing. Even though one of them wasn't a huge factor yesterday, the other one was tight ends. So you look at it, the Baltimore Ravens, heavily driven by tight ends with Mark Andrews and the Isaiah Likely kid has, I think they found something there because he's looked pretty damn good, right? And they were playing a team called the Chiefs. I think they have some guy named Travis Kelsey, right? San Francisco, he wasn't a big factor yesterday. George Kittle only had two receptions for 27 yards. But Laporta had nine for 97. Tight end. Tight end was a major factor in the success for all four teams this year. Miami must acquire the tight end. You talk about that third option again, Jay Gelfin. You need that option off of the wide receivers, off of Ayuk and Debo, right? Off of Tyreek and Waddle, off of I'm on St. Brown and uh, got him brain farting now with another one of the wide receivers. They got a decent wide receiver. It's opposite of uh, I'm on Brown, but whatever. But you 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 understand my point. No matter what you have at wide receiver, you need a playmaker in the middle of the field. You need that big target. Does Tua have that? No. So you need to add that target. Marino always had a tight end. Didn't have a running game, but at least they gave him a tight end. So there's a lot of things that if you look at what happened on Sunday, there's a lot of things that Mike McDaniel does some of the same stupid shit that they do, and then he doesn't do some of the smart stuff that they do. And then an element that is missing from this offense, and they tried to get Waller two years ago. They tried to trade uh, trade up or hope that he falls in Laporta. Couldn't get him. So they were already – they were targeting – I mean, you got to feel good that they were targeting Laporta and look at the year he had. They need to add that element. You must add a tight end. When we talk about that third option that Tua needed and did not have this year, that's the option that we're talking about. So that first or second round pick, if you can get a tight end, I don't think you'll be able to get the first because it's only Bowers. But in the second round, or in free agency, or via trade, if there's one available trade, but you're going to have to make a move for a tight end. It's a major factor of today's game. It's a major factor of all four teams in the championship. All four teams heavily rely on the tight end. The Miami Dolphins cannot rely on the tight end because they don't have one and julian hill while i love his ability we have no idea if he can polish it up to the point that he can become a real impact player you know so you can't go into next year looking for 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 hill julian hill to become the number one tight end That's a lot to ask for that young man. And we're talking about a guy that needs to be a major factor. And just look at at what it takes to be successful in the NFL as a team. Tight end's a pretty damn important ingredient. And all four of those teams proved that tight end was a hell of an ingredient. Miami needs to get that. Or if not, they they can't bake their meal, dude. They can't. Everybody else has got one, right? It's not a Tua thing. It's it's what everybody has to do, you know? So let's hope that uh, Miami can find a tight end. That's another subject that stood out to me over the weekend. There was a lot of stuff overall. And by the way, Jay, it's fun to diss uh, Lamar because uh, they talk about that skill set of getting rid of the ball in two seconds. Tua can do that. Lamar can't. I had some fun with that. So there's another subject that we can, you know, talk about. And 
Lamar Jackson yesterday uh, struggled big time, right? And I thought of who? Vic Fangio. What did we talk about all last week? What do we, I can't wait to have Matt Verderam on, right? Two things I told Matt Verderam, and I'm 100% on target. One was when they traded for Ananobi, you can go check out that, my tweet to him a couple weeks ago. I uh, I told him Ananobi is a perfect fit for the Knicks. He will complement uh, Brunson perfectly, and it's been that. And then the other thing that we talked about last week was uh, Spags needs to blitz the hell out of Lamar Jackson. Why? Because I saw Josh Boyer and Flo do that for two years on Lamar and beat him. And you know what? I sat there yesterday, right? I, I carved out my liver from my, from my body. I put it on the table and I started eating my liver. Why? Because I was so mad that our stinking defensive coordinator, the old stinking geezer, was set in his ways and he didn't want to blitz Lamar. And see, watch the games. The problem is a lot of you don't really watch the games. Lamar sits back there for four seconds. To any quarterback in the NFL, any, I don't give a shit if you're John Beck. If you're going to give him four seconds, you think you're going to stay with Odell Beckham and Nelson Aguilar and Zay Flowers for four freaking seconds? No. So, of course, Lamar's numbers are going to look a lot better if you don't rush him and you rush three or four and you and you try to use that, that – um, that uh, discipline pass rush where you're rushing, but you're not going all out. You're, 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 you're creating that, that, um, that shell to keep them in there. But while you're doing that, you're giving him four seconds to find somebody. That's what the, that's what Fangio's stupid ass did in that game. It wasn't that he was anything great or anything like that. So you you made these quarters hang out with receivers for four seconds, five seconds. There were times that he had so much back there. Go watch that game. Go time it. All of them are over three and a half seconds. You know that they practice with a 2.8 second clock, something Lamar can't do. So you blitz his ass. Yeah, you can't make a mistake like they did on that one time. Two times they made a mistake. One, that they missed him and he got a big run. And two, they got the bomb. Okay, you make a mistake. But you have to live with it, unfortunately. But what you can't live with, you can't allow the young man to sit back there because any quarterback's going to pick you apart. And what did Spags do? Exactly what you're supposed to do to Lamar Jackson. Blitz his ass. Blitz him and blitz him again and blitz him again because he can't read and react quickly. He doesn't have it in him. He doesn't have that to a gift. He can't do what Joe Burrow can do. He can't throw like Pat Mahomes. He can't make, he can't read and react quickly. It's not who he is because he's not a real what? Quarterback. He's an athlete playing quarterback. A phenomenal athlete that can get his own ball tipped and catch it. Yay! That and a six-pack of Schaefer gets you nothing. So the the uh, gift of throwing in two seconds, that's a gift. And that's why the pass block rate of the Dolphins was 31st in the NFL. So they had enough time to open up a hole and pop it, but they weren't giving to a four seconds like Lamar Jackson. That's why when that moron says who had the better offensive talent, it's like, yo, bro, do you watch Baltimore's offensive line and tight end and running game alone make it better than Miami's offense? Watch the games. Watch what's actually going on. Don't be wowed by a play or two or the stats. They don't tell the story. And that's the problem with watching Lamar Jackson, 
or watching some of these things that are going on with Tua, some of you are not paying attention and really watching what's going on. Hey, but listen, the good thing is a lot of you will have 12 more months to tell me what a great quarterback he is. And oh, and by the way, two-time MVP Lamar Jackson. Well, that that really means a lot now, right? When you shit in the bed every playoffs, two-time MVP. That really, man, that means a lot, doesn't it? You can't win shit in the playoffs, but you can be an MVP in the regular season. Yeah, that's really impressive. Again, that in a six-pack of Schaefer gets you nowhere. But he's a two-time MVP. Don't forget that, oh, he's a two-time MVP. I don't recall Fangio calling one blitz against Lamar. He let Lamar take selfies in the pocket. He basically did. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, Magic Mark says, I'm happy we gave two or four years and uh, got rid of him under flow, but let's not kid ourselves. I think it's obvious that McD gets overwhelmed and outcoached constantly. Big time. Big time. McDaniel can't adjust in a game. Dude, you can't adjust in a game? That's as big an indictment as it gets in the history of coaching. There's no bigger indictment for any coach that cannot adjust in a game. That's some scary stuff, dude. He's got a lot of stuff to figure out this offseason. You know, it, Manny Navarro said something about Kane's football for many years on my show. And, I, and of course, he's written it and all that stuff. But he always said, I'm tired of getting these first-time coaches that don't know what they're doing. Go get somebody that's established and has already run a program. And that's what they did with Mario, which I agree with it. And I'm still a Mario guy. Now, I'm having a little problem with his game day stuff, too. Unfortunately, I didn't think it was that bad. I knew there was a, a, a level of conservativeness that uh, that was that always worried me about Mario. But, you know, but at least you went in the direction of the established coach, somebody that has experience. And I thought that that was the right thing. And I agree with Manny on that. You start thinking about that with the Dolphins, although they've gotten with the experienced guy and that's failed. You know, the Jimmy Johnson experiment failed, unfortunately. He found the defense, but he was, a, as we've talked already, he screwed up a whole bunch of times. And Dave Wanstead was experienced. And then we've gone with the inexperienced coach. It just has not worked out either way. And that's where I, I don't want to make a change. But McDaniel better figure stuff out by, by next year. Because there a major drop-off with Lamar. And, oh, my God, yes. Lamar can't even come close to two of the passer. Dude, Lamar gets away with what he gets away because he is a special, special athlete. That's all. It's a special athlete. He's not a great passer. And to play that position, you must be a great passer. You must be able to read and react quickly. He cannot. He has to see plays develop. He has to wait for a receiver to break for him to throw. There are no anticipatory throws with him. He doesn't have to because when you have Justin Herbert's arm and you have Cam Newton's arm and you have Lamar Jackson's arm, you don't learn anticipatory skills. It's funny. Now, Mahomes has their arm, yet he has anticipatory skills. Because he has a, the magic of the touch. He knows. He has touch. It's different. Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow can sling it like those guys after somebody breaks. But Joe Burrow can also throw anticipatory stuff. Herbert doesn't throw any anticipatory stuff. Cam Newton doesn't throw anticipatory stuff. Lamar Jackson doesn't throw anticipatory stuff. 
Kyler Murray can throw anticipatory stuff, but he has to because he's short. Short players have to learn anticipatory skills because they don't see the whole field because they've got mammoth people in front of them. So they can't. They have to see through passing lanes, which is in between the linemen, and they're kind of anticipating where one guy is going, and they're disappearing, appearing, disappearing, appearing. You, you, you have no idea what these guys go through in the middle of a game. They, they're not like the six-six guy, six-five guy that they're looking over the line and they can see them doing everything. The shorter quarterback does not. So they have to learn anticipatory skills because practice comes with it. You run the route the same way in practice that you do in a game, the same depth, the same cut, and everything. So the ball's delivered constantly. It's muscle memory. It's really difficult to do. And it takes like total trust in the system, in the in the in the player you're throwing to, and yourself. That's why some of the guys that are supremely gifted with an arm. Don't learn it sometimes. You know, Marino, by the way, had anticipatory skills. Marino could sling it all over the place. And then there were moments where he could throw a floater and lead somebody. And he had that, you know. But there's very few of those kind of guys. And Tua can thread it into a hole. right? He doesn't have a gun, but he'll throw it hard and, and get it in somewhere where he has to. After something happens after a break, if he has enough time, he'll do it. But a more he also has the magic of an anticipatory throw, which is something that some guys cannot do. Anyway, so Tua to me is superior as a passer in every way possible to Lamar. The only thing Lamar has is the, the strength in the arm that he can throw it for 100 yards. You know, that I know he's got an, he's a superb athlete. He's one of the most freakish athletes we have ever seen, but he's not a great passer. Uh, let's see. I, I will probably get tagged for this, but some of you, you know, I've mentioned it before. Uh, And some of you have probably never watched it. Um, one of those things that I, I think, you know, people at times have mentioned it, and then eh, you probably didn't bother with it. Um, let's see here. We probably will we'll get tagged for this. Um, run. Here we go. Have a little fun with uh, with this now. Take down the uh, the billboard, please. Okay. And here we go. Here's Lamar Jackson in a thousand competition. And a thousand rushing yards. Here we in go. A season. Hit the target, I'm Lamar. Curious to see the strategy that guys go with yes. here in precision passing. Okay, and you can see one. he wants the deep ball and those big points. No, you're early on. the farther one. Yeah, he's trying to hit those corner routes down there. Those four corners. Yesterday, typically guys want to start the, balls, with the one yeah. corners, get some easy throws out of the way. Uh, Not Lamar though. No, coming up no, short on those no. bucket tosses. Okay. And then he goes for the metronome, that two-target metronome. Okay, try the other one. That cable line no, target for five either. points. So here he is a half minute into his one-minute run yeah, and doesn't have a point. Either. Okay. But you can tell the confidence that he has because he's going for the one either? Maybe he's got to adjust the strategy a little bit. Oh. Finally, oh, he breaks through with that four-target windmill. But this is looking like a struggle for the guy who was the breakout star this year, Lamar Jackson, off the rim of the two-pointer. And not only was he the breakout he's star, he's going to be the presumptive MVP named at NFL Honors. A, long one again. a yeah, tremendous no, season by this young work man. Out for you. Final there toss for Lamar Jackson. And it's off the mark again. So not the start he was hoping for in precision yeah. passing. That was fantastic. Now go watch Marino do it. 
there's a moving one that's like all the way in the back. Bam. Bullseye. Oh, man. So many things yesterday just brought me back to the emotions, the lack of sticking to run, the tight end. Hey, yo. I, so many things that I, it, it just reminded me of the Dolphins, you know? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, your volume kind of went down after you I, came back up. I don't know. Oh, wait. It looks okay. There we go. My bad. Okay. So anyway, so um, just crazy, dude. Just crazy. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Justin Fields. Yeah, that's a uh, he. Another one with accuracy issues too. You know, you can you can have them. You can have the accuracy guys. Uh, let's see what else do we have here on the chat board? Um, Lou, only in America can you sit at a sports book and take Mahomes versus Lamar the choker, and they actually give you four and a half points with Mahomes. Effing beautiful, I know, wasn't it? I took three and a half, four and four and a half. And, and, I, I actually got pissed that my buddy said he got five. So it went to five. God, I could have made much more money yesterday. That would have been awesome, dude. Uh, to me, that was like the easiest bet of them all. And I'm listening to all these people talk during the, oh, no, Baltimore's got it. Baltimore's got it. I was like, what do you people watch? Oh, you're prisoners of the moment, but you don't see what consistently happens in the playoffs? Okay, that's fine. So now he's going up against the best player in the world. Okay. Maybe if he was playing Jalen Hurts, playing another inaccurate running quarterback, then I tell you, yeah, dude, you could take Lamar. I mean, it's kind of a toss-up. You know what I'm saying? But you're playing Pat Mahomes. Yeah, I, I don't know how that one made any sense. Uh, I am uh, CryptoFins. I'm working on get, gathering information for the draft. I'm not there yet. And, and gathering information, obviously, for tight ends and stuff like that. So I'm not ready yet to uh, give you my info on, on the tight ends and the guys that I will like or don't like and all that kind of stuff. So we'll see. Uh, but I will uh, get into it uh, with you all. Uh, by the way, uh, let's uh, let's do a little 3A graphics sports calendar. Yesterday, the Chiefs defeated the Ravens 17 to 10. So Chiefs advance to the Super Bowl. Uh, it is the San Francisco 49ers edging out Dan Campbell's dumbass and the Lions 34 to 31. So we got a San Francisco, Kansas City Super Bowl in two weeks. The Miami Heat have lost six in a row. They're five and ten in their last 15. They lose to the Knicks on Saturday, 125 to 109. Tonight, they host Phoenix at 7:30. And here's the kicker: Phoenix lost to the Magic last night, 113 to 98. So you're not going to get a happy. And by the way, the Heat are favored by four. I mean, I, I hate to say this, but I know Phoenix played last night and Miami didn't. I don't care. Phoenix plus four to me is a layup. Maybe Miami comes out super inspired and they have, you know, a hell of a night. They could beat Phoenix. Don't get me wrong. But I don't trust the Heat right now to be giving four. They're five and ten in their last 15 games, and they've lost six in a row, and they lose to bad teams. Not that Phoenix is like, you know, they're 26 and 20. Considering their talent, I'm not wowed by their record. But anyway, Panthers defeated the Islanders, the best team in town. 
They win three to two against the Islanders. Kachuk with a goal and assist. They're 31, 14, and four. They've won four in a row. They're 13 and four in their last 17, unlike the Heat. Uh, and Tuesday, tomorrow, they will host Philly at seven o'clock. All right. And then in basketball, FAU yesterday defeated North Texas 66 to 66 to 63. The number 22 team in the country is off till Saturday versus Tulsa at six o'clock. They're seven and one in the American Conference and seven and 17 and four overall. So congrats to the Owls. Uh, Saturday, NSU won again against Rollins College, 110 to 62. That's eight in a row against Rollins College. They're now 15 and two and nine and two in the Sunshine State Conference. Uh, Wednesday at 7.30, they will take on Lynn University and the University of Miami yesterday defeated Pitt 72 to 68, improving to 14 and six. And they're now five and four in the ACC. So it's nice to win the last two. They were under, they were three and four in the ACC, just a, a week and a half ago, uh, Omir, 18 points and 10 rebounds. Poplar with 17 points and six rebounds. Pack added 17, five assists and four rebounds. Tuesday, they're at NC State. They take on the Wolfpack at uh, 9 o'clock. So there you go. All right. Got that going on. And call my guy, Alan Blanco, 786-618-1443. Where's Bitcoin at now? Huh? Where's it at? Over 43. So it's gone over $1,000 like that. And it is up 2.16%, 43,224. Like I told you, the outflows have died down. FTX sold out their, their, their grayscale Bitcoin. Uh, people that needed a buyout have already bought out. A lot of them aren't going to get out. Why? Because they've got to pay a tax. They've got to pay a capital gains tax. And these rich people, rich people don't become rich by accident. They do it because they're smart. And so they have plenty of money. They can leave that money sitting there earning more and more and more. And they don't need to take the capital gains taxes at this point in time. So smart. Some people probably needed the money. Some people probably wanted to take out their profits, move it to, to a ETF, whatever, but the outflows have pretty much ended. And now it's all the ETFs sucking it up and wait till Asia and Europe fully get their ETFs going. And then they've got to buy Bitcoin. And if that story is true, coming out of, out of the Arab nations, okay, this is going to get absolutely nuts okay i'm going to read you a story here that is pretty impressive if true justin veranigia the host of popular currency channel crypto news alert said that saudi arabian and qatari governments are sizing up a huge bitcoin investment which could be announced next week which is this week the analyst stated that the two governments may be looking to acquire around 1 million bitcoin not $1 million in Bitcoin. No, 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 no. 1 million individual Bitcoins, which is obviously worth billions, okay? Using their sovereign wealth funds. In comparison, the wallet address of Satoshi Nakamoto, Bitcoin's anonymous creator, holds 1.1 million Bitcoins. The rumored buys, which have since gone mainstream, came after noted Bitcoin maximist, Max Kaiser raised the speculation, and according to a tweet by Kaiser referenced in the video, the investment in Bitcoin from the two countries will dwarf pre previous investments from giants like BlackRock and MicroStrategy. As noted in the video, the shift to the flagship cryptocurrency asset came after a Saudi clerk declared Bitcoin acceptable under Islam. Following that, Verigia uh, referenced a support that Saudi oil giant Aramico has partnered with SBI Holdings to delve into the digital asset space. According to the analyst, Bitcoin is expected to benefit from the partnership. Okay? So if they get into Bitcoin and they buy that, I think Bitcoin will soar right away to a quarter of a million dollars. It's going to go crazy. Islam is rising. 
Anybody there a the, the fan? The world is on its elbows and knees. That song actually is goes so well with uh, society nowadays. Anyway, uh, if you're a the, the fan. There's actually a Matt Johnson biography I saw on uh, on YouTube about a, about a week ago. It's fantastic. If you like the the. I love the the. So, anyway. Remember, you can make a donation through Cash App or Venmo at Cash Big O Show. That's Cash Big O Show. FinsFan47 is checking in from Worcestershire, Massachusetts. Is that where the is the sauce made there? Is the Worcestershire sauce made there? Um, let's see. Big O, have you checked out Gamble Fi yet? I think the sector will explode once the narrative catches on. Well, um, actually, if you want gambling, the biggest gambling site in crypto is Rollbit, my friend. Check out Rollbit. They have a very interesting uh, uh, deal. They not only have a sports book, it's the only sports book in cryptocurrency, by the way, and you can also wager cryptocurrency. It's also a DeFi platform. And the beauty of it is they use a portion of their profits from the DeFi and from sports gambling to burn their coin. And I believe they had like $5 billion in circulation, and now they're down to like $3.2 or $3.3 billion because they've burned nearly $2 billion. So they're burning a, a, a portion, which, of course, increases the value of the coin. Okay, Only in America or in China, which they're about to open up the printers there, too, because they're just as stupid as we are. And, you know, we, we, we think it's, like, smart to just keep printing more bills. You know, that's why inflation happens. You know, in, in crypto, it's less is more. You know, though in the world, you know, in France, they think it's more by printing more dollars. Just like what we do here. We just, you know, print, 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 print. You know, we just printed three trillion in the last couple of months. Eh, turn on the printers. No big deal. It won't hurt us. Anyway. Roderick Freeman is in the house. Great news on Bitcoin. I just started investing in Bitcoin. Thanks, Big O. You are welcome, sir. You are welcome. Uh, what up, Big O? How about that 49ers comeback? And let me tell you, I thought when it was 24-7 or whatever, like, hey, this is going to be a nice challenge for Purdy because they don't really do well coming back. Like, Lamar, you know you get ahead of the Ravens and they're done. They're toast. It's almost impossible for them. Unless they get a bunch of turnovers or something, they're not really going to come back on you because they don't have that kind of a passing game. So it's crazy. 